BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burned out. I tell them I'm not like Hi, guys. Welcome to the I Love You So Much podcast. I'm your host, Kinsey Elizabeth, and I I'm, have no coffee right now, but I'm still in a good mood. And let me tell you why. Today, we are finally releasing Breadwinning Housewife merch. So we have sets that are so cute. We have chucker hats that I've been wearing for weeks. I've been posting in them a little bit. And we also have a tote bag. So everything that you guys requested, we made happen. And I will have them in the show notes. They're really cute. They're not overbearing. If you guys don't know what Breadwinning Housewife means, we have gone through this in a lot of episodes. It's something that I said as a joke and it kind of just took a life of its own. Basically, Breadwinning Housewife, like you can do it all or you can do nothing. It doesn't really matter. That's kind of the whole point. It's supposed to be like ironic. Traditionally, it would contradict itself, but it doesn't have to. Anyways, it's taken on a whole other thing and we love this whole Breadwinning Housewife vibe thing we have going. Okay, so we finally have merch. I will have that in the description. Thank you in advance to everyone who picks it up. It's definitely my favorite merch I've ever released. I'm going to literally be living in it. If you guys want to see photos or anything, you guys can click the link or go on my Instagram or whatever. It's going to be everywhere at this point because I'm being very, very dramatic about it, but I'm very, very excited. So I would really love if you guys could pick something up if you guys are interested. So very excited that the merch is out. Again, check it out. It'll be linked below. Today's episode is going to be Navigating Your 20s Part 2 with Jessa Hastings. Jessa is a dear friend of mine. She's also the author of Magnolia Parks, which is one of my favorite books in the entire world. Like, seriously, if you are a reader, you need to pick up this. Even if you're not a reader, honestly, this book is so good. I will have it linked below. I really don't see how anyone wouldn't love it. It's incredible. So I will also have that below. But Anyways, I had Jess on the podcast earlier this year and we did an episode on navigating your 20s and so many of you guys loved that. Like, I honestly think that I've gotten more positive feedback about that episode than I have in my entire podcasting career. So if you guys finish this episode and want more, definitely go back and listen to the first one. But we're, again, just talking about navigating your 20s. We're going to go, you know, dating, belief patterns, just whatever, relationship with yourself, confidence, Anything you could ever need, Jessa is always who I go to for advice. So I felt it you know, only made sense to exploit her for the podcast. So thank you, Jessa. What I'm loving this week is obviously my breadwinning housewife merch. I can't even lie, guys. I've been living in that trucker hat. I wear a black trucker every single day. And I was like, okay, I need to come out with my own because I'm just wearing everyone else's and it just doesn't make sense at this point. So I've been living in that. The sets are actually navy, by the way, which are very cute because it's like different than my normal stuff. Also looks really good with like a beige trench coat, like the ones that I always wear. The trucker is also, it's like, okay, the blue is like a navy blue. And then we have a matching trucker for the set. So we have a navy blue trucker. And then we also have a black trucker and the canvas tote bag, which is so cute. So be sure to pick that up. It's a great Christmas gift, guys. I'm just telling you, everyone needs this in their life. It's funny. It's cool. Like, I'm like, guys, I'm hip. I promise. Like, you know, do something. I'm going to stop now, but I just am very passionate about this and I'm very excited. And we have been talking about doing merch for this for literally over a year now. So this started probably what, May of 2020, maybe even earlier than that. It's when I, you know, became Martha Stewart, if you will. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Thank you again. If you guys got merch in advance, join the Geneva group chat, leave a nice rating and review. Follow us on Instagram. If you guys would rather watch this episode than listen to it, you can watch it on YouTube as well. But anyways, love you guys so much. And let's welcome Jessa on to the show. Again, for the second time. And not the last, guys. 
Okay, guys, we're back here with everyone's favorite guest. Oh, that's so nice. And so much pressure. And the book has come out since. It has. I got a lot of comments and questions about the sequels, which, yes, obviously, I know way more than everyone else. So <laughs> sorry. But um, my favorite book, how are you feeling now that you're like an author? We had like a little book launch party for Jess. That was very cute. Yeah. Loved it. It's been so much better than I had. Actually, no, I was going to say it's been better than I imagined. It's actually gone very close to how I daydreamed, which really? is wow. as about as good as you can hope for something. I very guess. true. Like, yeah, I, I mean, people have taken to it so well and it feels like it has a little cult following and they're so obsessive about it. And it's so nice. It makes me so happy. So yeah, it's gone really well. See, only I could like make this book somehow about myself, but I love the book. It's my favorite book. I've Thank gone you. through this so many times. So if you guys haven't checked it out, Magnolia Parks, it'll be in the show notes below. It's really good. You'll mm-hmm. you'll like it. <laughs> Promise. Um, we are back because you guys loved the part one of Navigating Your 20s episode. I have never received so many DMs so about nice. an episode. And I mean, it just listens. Like everyone's just loving it. So we're going to be doing that. But first... Mm. I believe in our last episode, and Justin, you know, our day-to-day friendship, Justin, like, has an issue with quite literally almost every single drink that I drink, specifically my matcha with peppermint. How do you feel about it? Because it's it's mixy. It's, it's very mixy. I feel like those are two flavors that shouldn't be combined. Peppermint should not be combined with grass. I just did. It's just not natural. But then Kenzie did just tell me about some stupid mushroom coffee she's been drinking. So now that seems worse. I said I had a chocolatino and I just waited for your reaction. <laughs> I knew it was coming. That one tastes just like normal coffee. Like if I gave that to you. Oh, you, I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Okay. But you like that New Orleans drink. You keep talking about yeah. that. I don't like that one. Okay. I don't understand you. No. Different. <laughs> I love that drink. It is my favorite coffee ever. It's not a weird combination of flavors. I just didn't like it. You're also difficult because you're from Australia. So like, I don't think anything, any drink that I have will please you. Australian coffee is superior to every other coffee, for sure. That's not really an argument though. That's just- No, that's just facts. facts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do a live taste test. If you guys are watching the YouTube (gasps) video or the TikToks. Okay, okay, okay. God, I'm actually nervous. Did you need to pray before? Is that what was happening? <laughs> it just doesn't taste like grassy peppermint. That's what it, it's going to taste like in my head. It doesn't taste grassy. I mean, you can try it. Okay. It's good. It does taste like grassy peppermint. But okay. <laughs> I, okay, give it a rating on one to ten. Well, the aftertaste isn't so good. Okay. The aftertaste tastes like grass. <laughs> I knew you weren't going to like this, but this is a Starbucks, by the way, iced matcha latte with peppermint syrup, okay? <laughs> and also, I don't know if I even gave you enough peppermint. Can you taste peppermint in there? Yeah, I can. It just tastes like minty grass. Okay. I, I mean, <laughs> I used to be a matcha hater too back in the day. I don't, it's not my beverage of choice. Okay. But I'm not gagging. Okay, so honestly, this this went a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah, I'd say it's like a two out of ten for me. <laughs> okay, maybe not, maybe not. Yeah, well, honestly, I, next episode, it'll be a Chagachino, and then we'll just, like, keep going keep on. Keep trying. How do you feel? Lip. Well, actually, we've already talked about these other drinks, so it's fine. I think a two out of ten is honestly one it's higher. It's better on the second sip. Oh, it is? Okay, maybe. I mean, I don't, I'm not giving it a gold star, but it's... Maybe three out of ten? Yeah, I'll say three out of ten. Okay. I don't like the aftertaste. If I keep drinking it and I don't get an aftertaste, because the aftertaste is where the grass hits you. <laughs> I need you to understand that Starbucks matcha is literally sugar. I liked the taste test. I'm glad that we did this. We needed to follow up. I'm nothing if I'm not someone who follows up. You That's know? true. This is actually your idea, to be fair. I wouldn't have made you do this. No, I. but you know what? Because I messaged you the other day and I said... I'm thinking about matcha because it keeps popping up. Well, and so said, I wanted to try it. Actually, you said, please do not hold this over my head or ever bring this up to me ever again. I don't need to hear it from you. Anyways, um, so how do I drink matcha? Yeah. Did you ever have it? No. Because okay. then I then I think we talked about having it on here. And I was like, I'll just save it because I didn't know how to order it. Starbucks matcha is not the best matcha, though, I will say. Like, you could go to Alfred and get, like, an iced matcha latte with oat milk or something. Well, I think you had talked about, oh, my God, my nitro latte from Chacha Matcha. Don't even get me started on that. Do you know, I have gone, I can only go to Chacha Matcha when I'm in LA or New York. Lucky for me, I'm there pretty much every other week at this point. So I go in oftentimes. This is, like, my, you know one of the more consistent dramas in my life. Their nitro latte machine is broken every single day or it's out. Out of the past six times of me trying to go, I've gotten it one time. Wow. 
So it's kind of one of those things that I think I have to put to rest. But I happily did. I happily spend like eight fifty on my nitro latte every day in college. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm not proud of it, but you know, it's okay. Yeah. All right, guys, we are talking about Nutrafol, which is something that I love and I know you will too. 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair. If you're among them, know that you are not alone and there is a solution you can trust to deliver results. So thousands of women have already taken back control of their hair with Nutrafol, with many users raving that the supplement not only transformed their hair, but restored their confidence too, which we love here on this podcast. So Nutrafol offers two targeted formulas for women that are clinically shown to improve hair growth and thickness with less shedding through all stages of life. Healthier hair growth takes time. You'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, faster growing hair in three to six months. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. More than 1,500 top doctors recommended Nutrafol as an effective and high quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code I love you to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. So you guys are going to want to jump on that. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code I love you. Hi, I'm Kara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. We're the co-hosts of the Puberty Podcast. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Okay, people have a lot of questions for you. Everyone's really confused in their 20s as we've experienced. I remember. <laughs> yeah, as all the texts that you received from me. And you know what? I have I have texted less questions recently because I knew I was going to do it on the episode. You know? You're welcome. Here we are. <laughs> so we have lots of questions. Um, I'm just kind of pulling them up. The first one being, this was a like a kind of an overall theme, questioning if I'm in the right job, relationship, or friendships. There's so many different things. Good luck. Okay. Questioning job, friendships, relationships, city. Okay. Let's go one by one. Job. I don't think you need to be committed to a job in your 20s. I think you figure out your 20s. I think we spoke about this last time, but your 20s is like figuring yourself out. So do what makes you happy or do the thing that doesn't make you happy and then learn from that and do something eventually that does. Like I think that I, I think that there's this unhealthy fascination or like press towards deciding your whole life in high school because of college, which is very unhealthy. Yeah. And in Australia, it's really common to do a gap year and a gap year usually extends to <laughs> many years where people go and travel and they learn about themselves and then they come back and they are a little bit more informed about who they are and what they want to be doing. But that even makes then, sense. I think it does make sense. Yes. I think I'm going to, that's what I'm going to tell my kids yeah. to do. Like go and figure yourself out a little before you start making I these think, big decisions. To be fair though, I think Junie has herself more oh, yeah, out yeah, than yeah. I do. For sure. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's going to be a scientist and yeah. that's, it's, that's that. Little background, Junie is the most intelligent. It's true. Perfect, well-spoken, I mean, perfect human <laughs> being. <laughs> At like five, six years old. She's she's five. She's she's got a lot of opinions, and there's she's very clever. She's always she's, right. Too. She's well, <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. she is. Yeah. So I reckon with with a job, I think just do the job and then learn from it, and don't. I think you enter thinking I can change my mind. I think that's one thing that our our culture is very, very bad at is changing your mind on things. I and I think we time. need to be open to being like, I made a mistake. 
I was like that all <laughs> this last month. We got a dog and I said to Ben, we've made a mistake. We've, we've made a mistake. And he was like, yeah, well, we can't take it back because, you know, he's he's alive. So yeah. and I was like, no, but I, I'm telling you, I've made a mistake and I don't want the dog anymore. We've made a mistake. If you're listening, Banner, I love you. <laughs> Yeah. Things have changed. No, he actually, he went away for a very long time to a training camp and now he actually is a lot better. Good. Thank God, because uh, it was a bleak three weeks, the first three weeks. Too difficult. Yeah, way too difficult. So change your mind, be okay with changing your mind. And then I think it's more like other people need to be okay with people changing yes. their minds. You know what I mean? Like people can evolve and people can change. And I think you need to approach that with, in a, in a work environment, nothing makes me happier. I read something on Upworthy the other, the other day about a lady who graduated med school in her sixties because she just decided she, so cool. she wanted to be a doctor and she'd spent her whole life doing something else. And then she was like, no, I want to be a doctor. And she did it. I think that's the best thing I've ever heard. So change your mind. That's what I would say about jobs. Be open to changing your mind anyway. Don't just change your mind like for fun. <laughs> what if you feel like you're in the wrong relationship or if you don't know? This is hard because I think if you don't know, then you know. Yeah. Being on the other side of it, I have been with the wrong people. When I found the right person, Ben and I both knew like that. Like it was very quick. We were engaged within six months. We were talking about getting married in three months. And I don't think that was like the product of us being in like the church environment that we were in, I actually think it was because I had dated stupid people before that, mm-hmm. that I then knew. Yes. <laughs> and when I saw, when I, I guess I had dated what I knew I didn't want to be with at that point. And then there was no questions. I had questions in every other relationship, even the ones that I like, I loved with my whole heart. I was still a bit like, but how is this going to work? And then with Ben, I was kind of like, oh no, it's just gonna, it's gonna work. Because it, it's, when you say it's gonna work, it's just eventually you'll meet a person where you're like, I'm gonna make this work no matter what. That's what it is. So if you're questioning it and you're kind of like, mm, can this work? It's actually just because you don't wanna make it work. Cause you can make it work. If you want it to work, it will work because you'll make the sacrifices you need to make and they're not gonna feel like sacrifices because you love that person. Yeah, by the way, I'm fully um, relying on either you or Ben to set me up with someone. So- Please don't. I have like two single friends and I'm not gonna set you up either of them, they're terrible. I don't think that you know them yet. I just oh, think- Oh, good, okay. Yeah, I think that you'll come into contact with them and then, then it will, you know, you'll be like, oh, I hope so. Do you know what? I accept. You give a speech at the wedding. I accept. I accept. Okay, good. What about wrong city? I'm going to just move. <laughs> I also want to say, I think on one end, I'm like, just move, do whatever you want. I don't care. And then also, I think if you are a person who every single city you move to is quote unquote wrong. Right, right, right. You are wrong. Like, I think there's something off with you that you need to deal with rather than keep running from each city pretending that's the problem. I've never had this experience really because I've only lived in Sydney and I came to LA for a couple of months when I was like 20. And then now we've obviously moved here. So I've I've never been like a city jumper. I understand if it's like the place you've grown up in, you need to spread your wings or whatever like just I think you just move but yeah you're right if, if you're hopping city to city yeah. <laughs> you're probably the problem but that's the like most things if you're hopping relationship to relationship you're hopping friendship group to friendship group you're probably the problem we are the common thread in our own lives if you are the common denominator just like check yourself yeah <laughs> you know that's like the one thing I have I just see it all the time and I'm like okay I mean whatever but I do think there are times where it's like, definitely move. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Especially in your 20s, like you have the least amount of responsibility you'll ever have. So just do something. You're the perfect age for setting up roots in other places because everyone else your age is doing the same thing. So you find you end up finding this like pocket of people that kind of feel lonely and lost like you do. And then you they become your like chosen family. Mm-hmm. That's what's good about your 20s. The holidays are already a stressful time, whether you're dealing with financial stress, work stress, just, you know, family conflict, whatever it is. And so I am here to at least have your back in one way, okay? I am talking to you guys about Newly. Newly is a monthly clothing rental subscription. Okay, the reason I think it is so perfect for the holiday season 
is that you are able to get all of your holiday outfits out of the way in one go. So with six items to choose from and the option to add two bonus items, you can get Friendsgiving, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, the office, holiday party, Christmas, New Year's, and any other event you've got going on covered with just one bag. You're also able to save. So renting through Newly means getting to wear more, sometimes thousands of dollars worth of clothing while spending way less. It is a win-win for your closets and your checking account. Newly helps curb that must-buy-something-new feeling you get when you see a big event on your calendar while still giving you new things to wear. Newly is a monthly clothing rental subscription, and with every subscription, you get your choice of any six styles you want to rent each month. You choose whatever you want for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. You have access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands, everything from party dresses to premium denim and one-of-a-kind vintage pieces. Newly stock styles in a range of styles from petite to plus size up to 5X plus maternity. They carry labels like For Love and Lemons, Love Shack Fancy, Free People Anthropology, and more. Fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. So that means no laundry for you to worry about. That in itself is enough for me. You also have the option to buy whatever you love at a discount, sometimes up to 75% off. Newly orders are also shipped in recycled, recyclable, and reusable totes with no plastic packaging. Clothes are cleaned using energy and water-efficient methods, and most importantly, styles are repaired and upcycled rather than thrown out. Wearing and re-wearing clothing as much as possible is one of the most sustainable choices you can make, and that's Newly's specialty. So Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code I love you 20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code I love you 20 at sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's with code I love you 20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. Also, de-stress in the holiday time. This is going to save you. Seriously, guys, newly.com. Use code I love you 20. Okay, what about ways to build confidence? Well, then I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll circle back to that no. one. <laughs> no, I think ways to build confidence is kind of just getting to know yourself again. That's the key of your 20s is getting to know yourself because, you know, when you're in high school and there are so many things about wanting to fit in that makes it so hard to accept any part of yourself that doesn't, fit perfectly into what you think you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like your 20s should be about recalibrating your thinking towards yourself and then feeling, kind of like feeling it out and being like, okay, well, I really like this. And what does this say about me? And I don't like this. What does this say about me? And I don't think there's any wrong way to be really, unless you're hurting people or you're, you know what I mean? Like, obviously there's a massive caveat to that. But I think that a huge part of growing in confidence is really just an exploration and learning about yourself and then being comfortable with yourself and then liking yourself. That's the, and I don't actually don't think you get that in your twenties. I think your twenties are so tumultuous. I'm 32 now. And I feel like at the time I remember thinking people are always saying that thirties are your best year because all your thirties are your best decade because they're sad to be 30. That was genuinely what I thought. And I, a little bit of me thinks it now because everyone's like, your 40s are the best. And I'm like, you guys are just getting older and you just want to keep saying that it's the best when that's the age you are. But I do feel like there is something about being in your 30s that you just suddenly don't care about so much of the little shit. Like you get, it just falls away and it's not conscious it just happens like you just this part of you elevates I don't know what it is and you aren't scared the way you used to be anymore you don't care about people's opinions anymore and it's so nice and I wish that there was a, a thing I could say well this is the roadmap to doing that but I just think there's a there's a thing about getting older where it's like the more space you have you're looking back on these things that suddenly are so small and you see it in this new perspective and you're like ah doesn't matter. Like none of it matters. And then I think that confidence does come with age. And if it doesn't, I mean, we're in LA and women can be so mean here. <laughs> so, so mean. But I think that's, that's a them problem. For healthy people, the older you get, the more confidence you should be getting. I think anyway. 
I am really excited for my 30s. You Everyone says that. You're gonna you are gonna love your 30s. I, I can feel it on you. I just I wasn't born and made to be 23, 24. Like those ages are really just not for me. I would have loved to just skip. And uh, unfortunately, that's just like not how it works. No, it's not. It's like so annoying. (laughs) But I just really want to be 30. Yeah, you'll you'll really you'll love 30. I can I can tell. Six more years. (laughs) We got a lot of questions too about like faith stuff. People love to like church hurt, whatever. Um, People were asking how to kind of like make your faith your own again when you've been like traumatized (laughs) by a certain um, organization. So this can be any kind of faith. Okay. I guess the, the thing I'd say at the top is people need to be, start being okay with like facing pain head on. There is always so much pain in any kind of like trauma to do with like a church hurting you or a religion hurting you or whatever. It's so personal because people do such a bad job of separating God from the people running the services. And the older I have gotten, one of the most important revelations I've ever had is that people, whether they're Christian or not, whether they're whatever, whatever religion, they are just people. And that's it, that that you can't have a higher expectation for them. You might want to be able to, but you can't. They're just people and they are going to make a mistake and they are going to hurt you. So that's the first thing I think is like accepting that people will hurt you all the time. It's always going to happen. You just need to be forgiving. You need to be releasing about what happens and the way people treat you and try and treat people better. And But with church specifically moving through it, you really have to separate the people from God one thing and then I think you have to be okay with losing your faith a little bit to find it I feel like I know God better now than I have at any point in my life but the comma to that sentence is I don't know him at all and the part that part was like massive to me because I think there's this big, especially in Christianity, this big push of being like to know God and he's my friend and we have this personal relationship. And I I understand all that. I don't necessarily think that that rhetoric is healthy anymore, but I do think that it's a lifetime pursuit of I'm never going to know God. I'm going to try for forever to figure him out. I'm not going to be able to do it. So it's a lifelong pursuit of of trying to figure God out. And I don't think you can put confinements around that really. I, For me, when I, I very vividly remember maybe like four years ago having this crisis. We were in wine country and I just had this moment where I was like, I don't know anything. So I grew up in church. We've been a part of our church for 20 years. I love it so much. And I was just, but I would say one of the hard things about the way I grew up was that God was really like, he was served on a platter in in a really accessible way. And so you could really feel the Holy Spirit in a church service, but you never had to, find him for yourself. And I feel like I look back when 20 years ago, well, I'm not that old, but like 15 years ago, when it was, uh, when we were kids in like the youth ministry, there there was so much like fever and passion. And, and I think it was, it's so sad because there's like, no one's left really. There's a few people that I grew up with that are still here. And I think it's because God was so, accessible for us like that, but we were never taught how to find him by ourselves. And I had this breakup in my early twenties that I'm the most grateful for because it put me on this path where our lives were so intertwined. I really need to pull back from, he was very involved in church and I pulled back because I didn't know how to be around him anymore. And in that process, I, I knew it was him that had hurt me, not God that had hurt me. It was very clean cut, but I just didn't want to be in the church building anymore. I'd never experienced not being in the church building before. So in my early 20s, I really had to figure out how to find God 
on my own. And I did, and I'm so grateful because it's been this then continuation of, obviously I'm very involved in church still, but I'll hear things. I don't agree with everything that our church says. I don't agree with every message, but if I don't agree with it, it doesn't spiral me spiritually. It doesn't offend me because I'm just like, well, it doesn't land with what I know God to be, but that's okay because I think everyone is trying their best to figure it out. Or if they're not trying the best, then that's a different problem. But I do think we're all trying to find God. And I think that it's kind of probably comes back to what we were saying before about like, you need to be able to make mistakes. And I think you can make mistakes in what you think someone was. I think that when I look back on who I thought God was when I was 15, it's so simplistic. I kind of miss it, but I think it's, it's, I feel stupid when I think back on it because it's complicated. And I think spirituality is complicated because we just aren't made to really fathom what it is. But I guess the the whole point is to find God, I think you have to lose him. Well, you can't, because you can't find something unless you've lost it first for yeah. one. And then, sorry, so that story about being in the wine country, I I so remember being like, oh my God, I don't know anything anymore. It felt like someone pulled the rug out from under me and I lost everything I thought I knew until then. And I remember standing in the field and praying. I was like, I'm not going to shy away from anything I feel. I'm just going to, I'm going to explore who I think you are. And I was, I was very unconvinced of the goodness of God at that point in time. Like it was a, it was a difficult season, not necessarily personally, but there were lots of shitty things happening to lots of people I loved. And I, I didn't really believe in the goodness of God, but I did believe he was real and I do believe in Jesus. And so I decided that those would be the two things I tethered myself to. And I've talked about this before, I think on like my question Wednesdays, I'd say to anyone wanting to find God, pick a couple of things that are your non-negotiables. You believe this no matter what, even if it doesn't feel like that's true. You just, those are the things that you will believe and they are unchangeable to you. And then dive in, like jump into the darkness, explore everything. But those two are the things you hold on to, or those three, whatever. For me nowadays, I would say, I believe God is good and he is real and Jesus saved me. That would be my three tethers and then everything else is up for grabs. We are talking a lot about being in your 20s in this episode and it's a hard time and I cannot recommend therapy enough. That's why I'm so grateful that BetterHelp is a sponsor of the podcast. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You are able to send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone session. And this is all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. How nice, guys. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can find the particular expertise you need online. So don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. And most of all, it is affordable. You guys can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Again, it's not a crisis line, but I will say so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you all to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Kinsey. That's why we have like bonded so much because I'm like, I am literally you in that stage. Like there's so many things that I'm like, yes, exactly. I'm like, no, I've said this before. And I'm like, you really are one, if not the only, but one of the people that I actually can go to and like listen to for advice. Because I feel like it's almost frowned upon to like kind of take a break or take a step back and figure it out on your own. And I feel like I'd actually 
done that already before and then you're like full force in it and I think something you said too like every five years you kind of go through a I don't know crisis of self yeah and that's really helpful but I think it's freeing as well because it's okay to question things it's okay I think you should be questioning things there was another thing too actually at your church when I was there and they said something like I remember when I like started going back to church a few years ago and they were saying there's only one thing you really have to agree on is like Jesus there you go and everything else again up for grabs but that is so healthy because I think people and we all can get stuck on like certain things I'm like that's actually not even the main point yeah and then it'll push you away even more but it's definitely something I also think like processing emotion like when I I struggle with just obviously being in such like intense environment I struggle with feeling a type of way that I was told wasn't okay of like, I don't know if I agree with this. I don't know how I feel about this or like that actually was bad. But then in my head, I was talking about this this morning with Dom, I already can hear their rationale and the church language back to me. So I'm like, it's being okay and taking a step back and not like hating everything and demonizing it. I'm like, it's a tricky relationship because it's like the best and thing that's ever happened sometimes the worst. Yeah. But it is okay to just take that time. And I think that's really important and no one talks about that. Except for Jonathan Martin. He's um, a pastor. Actually, I think he's a, I don't know if he's a preacher. I'm not sure if he has a church. But anyways, he wrote a book a few years ago and I like got lunch with him and some friends like a few years ago. And he was talking about that and he was one of the first people to talk about that. And I think back to the dinners that we had when he was in town and like that stuff that he said to me four years ago is like the stuff that now I'm like, oh my God, you know? But I just think I thought because I'd already done it, I wasn't going to do it again, you know? You will. Not the case. Yeah, I'm like, I'll do it again and again, several times. Okay, getting played by boys in your 20s. Ugh. It's the worst. Well, what's the question? <laughs> the topic, no, what is a red flag in a boy that you're like, he's absolutely not worth it? Narcissistic traits, for sure. Liars, for sure. I am a really big believer of, I feel like girls are always like, no, that's not true. But um, that boys, if they want to be with you, they'll make a way. It's true. And then maybe there's this like, like a marginal percentage of boys who are so painfully shy that they won't do it. But you know what? It's, it's like anthropologically illogical, like if it could end in an orgasm, we're all animals. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, yeah. if, if, if it could, they're going to take the shot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if they're not, they're just not that interested. If they're the kind of boy that is texting you and then they suddenly stop and you're like, oh, he's not that interested in me. Like that, that movie, it's very harsh to watch, but we should all watch it and we should remember. He's, that just, it's, not it's that a very, he's just not that into you. I think you know. I mean, it's it's always been my experience that if a boy is into me, you know very clearly. Lying, texting multiple girls. Inconsistency. Inconsistency. I reckon you can maybe give people one shot of like if they miss something or if they, they bail on a plan. If it's a good excuse, you can usually tell if it's like a legitimate excuse. I would say like, yeah, flakiness lying sneaky I hate sneaky people I hate liars they would be my I'm I wouldn't even say they'd be like red flags they'd just be like blacklisted immediately guys it is the holiday season I think that I am Mrs. Claus myself I am obsessed with gift guides I love giving gifts that's actually my love language which is why I'm kind of the best at it but I wanted to talk to you guys about Anna Luisa they have been a sponsor of the podcast before and I love their jewelry okay they're great for literally just like everyday purchases but since the holidays are coming up i need you guys to know about them because they have really great prices like jewelry is literally starting at 39 dollars. that's anna luisa a-n-a-l-u-i-s-a again a-n-a-l-u-i-s-a so if you go on their website they actually have an entire like section for gift guides you're looking for something I would recommend the Lev necklace it's this cute little heart I would wear that every single day they also have great everyday earrings like hoops little fun stuff um also really cool like the slim ID bracelets where you can get like the New York on it or different texts like it's personalized really 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 great prices those can be 
so expensive. And right now, as I'm looking on the website, it's $60. I love them. Their pieces start at $39 and they're currently running the biggest sale of the year. You guys can get 60% off on the second item if you go on shop.analuisa.com slash I love you. You guys can get like quite literally all of your holiday shopping done with such a huge discount and in one order. Okay, I promise you guys, go check it out. You will love them. All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. Girls, for some reason, not to generalize, but generalizing, I guess, girls love to make up some story or to fill in the blanks or to do quite literally anything to make this guy who is honestly, you're probably out of his league, to make him for some reason, like, come up to your level and for it to make sense when it's like, no, it's actually just not... It's just not it. Especially if it just gets so complicated, it's just leave it. It's a hard lesson to learn. But I don't know why, because I maybe maybe it is across the board, but I definitely felt like, at least in, again, I guess maybe it's like a, a church environment thing where, because there's a little bit more of an emphasis on like finding the one. So everyone is eagerly looking yes. everyone's looking very very hard all the time I do feel like there is this weird just kind of like this weird pursuit and then that becomes this strange narrative in your head where girls will read into everything and I think that it's pretty normal when you're a kid like when you're in high school to think like that but when you're in your 20s if you think you know who you're gonna marry and you are not in a relationship with them, I'm sorry to tell you, that's not it. You aren't going to marry them. Probably. I mean, again, I I feel like someone is going to be like, I married him and I knew. My brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, Ben's brother, the night that they met, they both knew that they were going to get married. So I guess there's that. But they met and they mutually knew it. Yeah, I was going to say, that's different. I know what you're talking about. It's just his favorite topic because it's so insane. But I mean, didn't Ben say like, I'm, didn't he like pray to marry you that night, right? The night we met, yeah. Ben asked if he, like he prayed that he would get to marry me. It was one of those things where we had both dated That's other cool. people. Well, also you guys were on a date, by the way. Like, no, we weren't. Wait. Oh, the night ben and met. I, the night we met. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, you met regardless. Yes, you're we, 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 yeah. This is not someone you follow on Instagram. <laughs> totally. And then like, yeah. Yeah. But I definitely, I, I mean, I remember because Ben and I were together, so I can't remember when it was but it was sometime in the last like eight years I had a friend who was much too old to be thinking this way in my opinion but she was really reading into everything that this guy was doing and like making it out as though she really developed a narrative in her head that he liked her but he was like this because this and this and this and like just like you said, like filling in the blanks and making it into something that it's it wasn't. And he ended up coming to me being like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and, or I had to have a conversation where I was like, no, I'm so sorry that he doesn't see you like that. Now looking back on that, I should have just been like, you have the conversation. <laughs> and now we're going to talk about minding your own business in your 20s. <laughs> and transitioning. I think two people along with like making stories and narratives, like he's like this because of this or whatever. Like, it's, okay, it's like if someone wants to be with you, they will. And then you think about, on one hand, I will say like, there are things that I want to do, but I don't do because I'm not in the place to do them. Like clearly there's something stopping me. And I think that again is enough, enough. of a reason. That's enough of a reason to just be like, no, yeah, you have to let it go. Yeah. But it is such a, a terrible spot. Again, like I never want to date ever again. So. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'm like, I'm, I'll find, I'll find him. DM me. No, don't. Massive. Please don't. Literally. I, I don't think there's a single guy listening to this podcast. <laughs> it's not the demographic. No, it's not the demographic. Um, thankfully, actually, one time, did I tell you this story? This guy that I was dating, oh my God, I wanted to die. Um, so, you know, we have like hundreds of, probably like 200 episodes at this point of the podcast, somewhere between 150 and 200, I think. Okay. I started dating this guy. And again, that's about an hour, give or take, a week of episodes for almost three years now. Somehow. He goes and listens to a podcast with his sister-in-law, the, this guy that I was dating. And like they skipped some random part. And it is a part where I'm recording a podcast and I'm talking to my friends who live in Nashville, talking about how I'm like, oh, I just need to be with a country star. 
like kidding and i'm talking this whole thing that is the one clip they heard of the entire do you know how many episodes how much footage and again that would happen to me was he a country star no clearly i would not have messed that one up my god i would die okay so let's end this on dealing with anxiety okay there's this book called first we make the beast beautiful which i started reading i didn't even finish it but the title alone blew my mind because it really started framing for me my anxiety a lot differently which is there are obviously so many horrific and debilitating parts of an anxiety disorder but there there are silver linings to it you can't pretend that there aren't like the parts of my brain that make me overthink things and make me anxious and will keep me up at night are also the same reasons why I can write really well. I'm good with detail. I'm good at overthinking the emotions of my characters. There are parts of my anxiety that I have applied to other parts of my life that have made me more empathetic, a better listener, a better friend. For me, when I realized that, that changed my relationship with anxiety. And I think that it's uh, a faux pas on anyone's behalf to think you don't have a relationship with your anxiety because you do. So I think the first thing you need to do is try to make it healthier. Know that it's one of those things where it's a feeling. It will go away eventually. I think that's really important. I know that, I mean, I've had anxiety attacks where I thought I was going to die, like in the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny looking back on them because you're like, just take a breath. Like, you're okay. But I, I, I know I like, when we got the puppy, I, Ben was away. I had to call him. He was on the other side of the country. I was in my bathroom on the floor, holding my throat, sobbing. Like I couldn't breathe properly. And I was like, this is the end. This is, this is how I'll go out. And you look back on that and you're kind of like, ah, it's a bit funny. It's never funny at the time. And talking about it in retrospect is completely different to experiencing it in the moment. But you have to know it will stop at one point. It will lift. That's the big thing with mental health, depression, whatever it is, it will stop. It's, it is like a feeling. Feelings are ephemeral. Ephemeral things change. So that's the, the first thing I'd say about anxiety is change your relationship with it and don't be so hostile towards it. If you try to broach it as not a friend, but kind of like an annoying cousin you have to deal with, like yeah. you just can't shake it. But the cousin only ever comes around when things are getting a bit shitty and you probably need to be paying attention to somewhere else. It's a red flag. So if you're anxious, there's something somewhere in your life is a miss and you need to be doing it. For me, it's usually sleep or I'm not taking good enough care of myself. So I've now recognized when I start feeling a certain way, there are a few things that I need to do to kind of like realign myself better with myself. And that's all self-care, I guess. Like I think that's, again, circling back to knowing yourself, the more you know yourself, the more you can identify okay, this part's the thing that's probably triggering this anxiety. And here are the things that make me feel safe. So I think knowing yourself well enough to know things that make you feel better, make you feel calm, make you feel grounded. And I'm not a very good meditation, meditator, meditator. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it because my brain moves too fast all the time. I, I can't be that still in my thinking. But there are, I've, I have learned over time that things like, Marvel movies because they're so loud. They're louder than the rest of my brain. A Marvel movie, puzzles, Lego, things like that. Anything that my focus has to shift from whatever I'm thinking about to doing something like that or watching something very loud will really help calm myself down. So that would be one thing is I think knowing yourself well enough to know how to get yourself out of it if you can't. And then also be honest about it with other people and I know that it's hard because people who don't have anxiety really cannot understand anxiety. That's And that's really burdensome. I know that because that was a very big problem for me when I, I first was diagnosed. It was, I probably had anxiety before it was like 
maybe two years before it became like the thing everyone was talking about. Um, And it was so horrific with my family. Again, I guess because of that language in a church environment, which is like, you know, think positive and, you know, like cast your anxiety is upon the Lord and whatever. And I, I don't think if that works for you, that's great. I'm genuinely so happy for you. It didn't work for me. And then I think it has this negative side effect of being like, well, then you're just not believing enough. You're not praying enough. You're not praying enough. It's you or the problem. That's not true. And that took me a long time to reconcile that. And Ben, even Ben, who is perfect mostly, really struggled with anxiety at first. And it wasn't until he, it wasn't until I let him see a panic attack, I guess, where where and I usually would like remove myself to die. <laughs> he, I think he saw me have one and that changed it for him because to people who don't have anxiety, anxiety really just sounds like you're stressed and you're having a bad day. And they're kind of like, well, we all have bad days. We're all stressed. Like yeah. when you see a panic attack and you see the fear in someone's eyes, because a panic attack is like, I think they say, on like a physiological level, it's your brain misfiring and kind of like a fight or flight response in a inappropriate situation. So your brain is like, I'm dying, I'm dying, this is the end. And your body is kind of like, <laughs> and that's, that's what it is. So it's like this really visceral physiological response. And I think someone who doesn't have anxiety seeing that, that changes it for them. So if you're in a relationship and it's becoming really difficult in your relationship because your partner just isn't understanding, firstly, I would say they're not, they're never going to fully understand it. Stop trying, but let them in a little bit because the more you let them in and the more that they can actually see the toll it takes on you. Like after I have a panic attack, I'm out for the day. Like it feels like I've ran a marathon. When they see that, I think that makes a little bit of a difference as well. It's also like anxiety, having like legitimate anxiety, not just, you know, like stress, like when you're actually like medicated for it. Yeah. In anxiety disorder, it's all illogical. So it's really difficult to explain when someone just thinks it's stress. Like obviously, logically speaking, it doesn't make sense. But that's kind of the point of anxiety is that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, totally. Thank you for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. This was Thanks really for having good. me. Um, we're probably going to do another part three. Okay, great. Months, Can't so wait. Don't worry about it. Um, where can they find you and buy the book? Um, you can buy the book at, on Amazon. It's probably the fastest way, but also at magnoliaparksbook.com. And my Instagram handle is Jessa Hastings, J-E-S-S-A. Hastings. I'm not going to spell that. If you can't spell that, that's on you. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to go check out the Breadwinning Housewife merch. It's very exciting. Um, Also, go pick up Magnolia Parks by Jessa. It's her first novel that she's released, and it is so good. Um, But anyways, I love you guys so much. If you guys want me to have her on for part three, I'm not above exploiting my friends, so you guys let me know. But anyways, love you guys so much, and I'll talk to you next Thursday.